from APM, American Public Media. This is the American Radio Works podcast. I'm Stephen Smith. College sports are big business in the United States. Unpaid student athletes help bring in millions of dollars for top collegiate teams. These athletes are also expected to attend classes and stay in good academic standing. The demand for athletes to succeed on the field and in the classroom obviously puts pressure on coaches, academic advisors, and students. Last month, the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill released a report that showed evidence of nearly two decades of academic fraud perpetrated by the school's Afro-American Studies Department. An investigation found certain professors and administrators had an unwritten policy of propping up student-athletes. According to the report, UNC's Afro-American Studies Department offered sham classes which required no attendance and asked students to complete just a single research paper. This week on the podcast, we look at academic fraud at colleges with high-stakes sports programs. Our guest is a former college basketball player herself and has studied corruption in college sports programs. Katie Otto is a professor of sports management at Western Carolina University. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So can you walk us through what happened at UNC as you see it? Well, I mean, it was a longstanding situation of fraud that was perpetuated by many uh, key players. And I think at UNC they had um, faculty as well as academic advisor as well as the uh, coaches who admitted uh, that they knew what was going on with these sham classes. And I think that it went it was under the radar for a number of years, uh, almost two decades really, until it was finally exposed when apparently... Uh, Debbie Crowder uh, finally was going to retire, and since she was the centerpiece of the um, enabling that fraud to go on, I think that's what kind of shook things up. And what role did she play? What What was her position? She was the um, assistant, at least the way they're reporting it, is the assistant to um, Nangaroo, who was the chair of the Department of Afro-American Studies. What uh, What's behind this? Is it simply impossible for an athlete at a top school, on a top team, to do all of the workouts and the travel and the games as well as, you know, get to classes and do their work? Um, I don't think it's that simple. I think, I mean, there's a number of things going on because there's such a differential in the academic capabilities of athletes. I mean, some athletes are absolutely outstanding academically, and then you have other athletes who struggle and as Sarah Gannon reported in that CNN piece on um, illiterate athletes, she uncovered the reality that we do have athletes at our universities who can't read and write. So my guess, if you looked closely at all of the uh, 3,100 and then some students who went through that Chapel Hill scandal, my guess is you would find an array of abilities academically. But I imagine most of the athletes would be the ones who would otherwise would struggle in, in a regular classroom setting. When you survey the public response to a scandal like this, no one seems to be terribly surprised about it. Why do you think that is? You get used to it, you know? I mean, we, we, we're coming to the point where it's expected. Um, and so when it happens, you know, usually for about a day or so, people are all shook up, and then the next day, thing it's business as usual. So in some senses, it's 
perceived as the cost of doing the business of big-time college athletics, I believe. Are they harmful, these scandals, to a university's sort of academic reputation? They are and they aren't. Um, and the reason I'll, it's twofold. It, to some degree, of course it is. I mean, it's not a good thing. But I would say this. I think that if it occurred in a different setting, um, an example it might be like the law school or the medical school, it would, you know, all hell would break loose, essentially. The alumni would be just horrified to think that something like that could happen. But when it happens inside of athletics, for some reason, athletics is treated as if it's a separate entity. It's, it, it's not really, even in the eyes of the public, very well integrated into the university. And so they, they're able to disconnect that fraud uh, from their university much more easily than they would, you know, say, with the medical or law school. What's in it for a department, for example, at UNC, the Afro-American Studies Department, what's in it for an academic department uh, to create a system where so many students come through and are given a rubber stamp? You know, honestly, in the long run, I'm not sure. It's really not worth it, is it? I mean, anytime you talk to a fraudster, if you will, who ends up getting caught, of course, it's like, oh, well, it wasn't worth it after all. I would say it has something to do with the ego, honestly. I mean, I'm looking at some of the faculty who are involved in this, and they were really, they really loved sports. I mean, they loved it so much that they wanted to continue to perpetuate that spectacle. They were drawn into it, if you will. Whether it's, you know, they get to sit with the team on the bench or they know all the players and they're almost starstruck. I think some of that seems to have been going on with Jan Boxall, who I'm really shocked to find out about because she was one of my role models. And, and who is that again? Jan Boxall. She is a longtime faculty member at Chapel Hill. She's full professor. She was the director of the um, Center for Ethics over there. So she had quite a reputation as, a, as an ethicist particularly sport ethics. She's written two or three books on sport ethics. And it's just, I was floored to find out that she actually played a primary role in perpetuating this fraud. It turns out she had a very close relationship with the women's basketball program. She was a women's basketball, I guess, academic advisor. But she loved basketball. And so she ended up putting the women's basketball players in some of these classes, and they even caught her um, with an email saying, this is the grade this athlete needs. She needs a D. A D is fine. And she also admitted in an email that uh, the paper that she was turning in for this athlete was a plagiarized paper. She said, it's recycled. She said, I'm sure it's maybe from a couple years back it's recycled. There's been a lot of discussion about uh, the possibility of professionalizing and unionizing, you know, Big Ten and and other big conference college athletes. Do you think that is an answer here? I'll tell you what. Um, it really seems like there's no good answer, to be honest, because if we go the professional route and they the athletes become all-out employees, then we lose the academic piece. But the truth is, and and I always like to stick with the truth, the truth is they're not getting that academic piece anyway. So why do we need to continue to um, 
basically exploit them. You're not even giving... See, in my mind, there's two types of exploitation going on. There's academic exploitation and athletic exploitation. Certainly, they're not being paid for their performance on the court or the field. That's the athletic exploitation. But perhaps what's worse is the academic exploitation, wherein they are literally promised the opportunity to earn an education, which they are not receiving. That's that's upsetting. So, yeah, if I had to choose, then I think that the athletes need to be paid. They need to be paid because the whole system is so corrupt. It, it, I mean, it's wrong. It is wrong to have a a business for which everyone else is making money except your labor. So if you could wave a magic wand, what would you do? It's. I'll tell you what I'd do. No, I have thought about this. I... I went two ways. I said, okay, either make it a business, separate it from the universities, make it its own uh, business entity. If the kids want to try to get into school, they can get into school like every other student. It's totally separate, and they get paid a salary. Or we can have legitimate minor leagues, which, you know, we don't have. Um, but here's a real, really radical idea. Nobody's going to like this at all. But truth be told, our, our public universities exist for our benefit, the taxpayers. And so technically, everything that the university does technically should have an educational outcome. So I actually pictured athletics being shown on TV for no television deal. It's free. It's a public service, just like C-SPAN or UNC TV. It's free because... That's what universities are supposed to do. They're supposed to be that serve the public, the taxpayers of that state. So it would completely strip it of any economic interest, which, as we know, would never happen. <laughs> right. So your solution, <laughs> your solution is uh, make it a public service. Yeah. 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 Which isn't going to happen. No, it's never going to happen. And as a professor of sports management, I take it that you are not located in the athletic department. No. But you yourself come from a, you were a college athlete. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, I, I do reflect a lot about that. And I love sports and I love what I got from participation in athletics. And I feel that that is slipping away. Well, Katie Otto, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Katie Otto is a professor of sports management at Western Carolina University. Find a link to the UNC investigation at our website, AmericanRadioWorks.org, and you'll find more podcasts about issues in higher ed and K-12 education. While you're there, browse the archive of more than 100 documentary projects and send us a line telling us what you think of our coverage. That's AmericanRadioWorks.org. We are on Facebook at American.RadioWorks and on Twitter at AMRadioWorks. Support for American Radio Works comes from Lumina Foundation, the William and Flora Hewlett Foundation, and the Spencer Foundation. I'm Stephen Smith. Thanks for listening. This is APM, American Public Media. <laughs>